Hey, before we start today's episode, I just wanted to take a second and thank everybody who has been listening. This has been such a wonderful journey, and I'm so grateful for everybody who has been hosted on our show and everybody who's listening to the show. I never would have imagined that it would have grown to this type of volume, and that wouldn't have happened without you. So right off the bat, I just wanted to say thank you and and say how grateful I am for you for listening. I also want to say with this uh, episode, our audio quality is not the best. I had to use a stream of audio that doesn't give me the best sound, so I apologize for that. The content is absolutely amazing. So we're definitely going to not sit on this. We're going to release it. This is an episode with Jeremy Herder. Um, I hope you get a lot from this. You can find him by Googling Optimal Self. You will find him in all kinds of different platforms. I highly encourage you to do that. And without further ado, here's this wonderful episode with Jeremy Herder. another episode of Balanced Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Jeremy Herriger is a three-sport professional athlete, productivity coach to several Fortune 500 companies, and life coach, among many other titles. He is the pioneer of Optimal Self Incorporated and spends every day following the very habits he promotes through this program. He is the host of the Optimal Self with Jeremy Herriger podcast, The Art of Becoming the Best Version of You. The show has now over 100 five-star reviews. Jeremy has helped thousands of people become the best versions of themselves through Optimal Self, and he's done so with the belief that every high-performing individual follows those same basic habits to support their success. Jeremy Herder, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. Well, I appreciate you having me, Casey. Thanks, I'm looking forward to it. Man, that was a pretty cool intro. Three professional sports. The first (laughs) thing that comes to my mind is, man, that guy is lucky. (laughs) <laughs> how do you how do you handle uh, the term luck in your life? <laughs> oh man, you're going right after like the, the punch, right? Like, well, first of all, I don't believe in luck. Um, it's one of the biggest things that you know um, when people in my life have ever said like, oh man, you're 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 so lucky. It like like it sends like this absolute chill down my spine. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know? So. Um, but let me be, I mean, don't get me wrong. We are fortunate at times and, and every individual has their own things that they must deal with. But as far as, as the success, and let me put it to you this way, you know, everything that you just said, and you know, when you get to have a bio, when you get to my age and, and people say the things that you've done or, you know, the achievements that you've had, it's funny because, and I was telling you this pre-show is that when, when people talk about those things, Almost all of the things that were uh, athletic endeavors actually were were failures in my in my in my eyes, right? Like being a professional baseball player, my goal, you know, or, or what I wanted to be was a Hall of Famer and spend twenty years in the big leagues and you know have kids have my poster on their wall like I did when I you know I went in. And none of that happened. None of it. Like, I mean, yeah, I became a professional athlete. Yes, I got to play baseball. Yes, I got to play for the Reds and the Diamondbacks and wasn't, you know, an all an all pack 10 infielder at Gonzaga and, and things like that that have a little accolades and some and some, you know, outer success to it. But I got nowhere near what I wanted to do. Uh, fast forward into being a professional CrossFitter, right? Getting paid to to work out and 
I wanted to be the world champion. I wanted to be the fittest man on earth for, for my age division. And, you know, that, that didn't happen. Yeah. I won an event and got to celebrate that and got to be number one in the world in the deadlift box jump event, but I was nowhere, not even close, man. I got, you know, on, I was, I didn't even, I didn't get there. Let's just put it this way. I wanted to be the world champion and it didn't happen. Um, so when you look at those things, when you look at the, the, the smaller pieces or, you know, you look at the accolade or the, the, um, the bio, it, it does look and sound, it sounds wonderful when you say it, I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. That's cool. But truth is they all just were lessons for me. They were all just different lessons that I had to learn, right? I had to fail there to make my next step. I had to fail again to take my next step. I had to, and again, I talk about this all the time, you know, with, with optimal self, it's, a, it's about the, it's the art of becoming the best version of you. It's not my version. I don't have some life in a box that we're going to, that we're going to give you and everybody's going to be the same. I believe the exact opposite. I believe that we are all unique individuals. We all have our own, you know, we have our own fingerprint. That's yours. Nobody else has that one. No one, no, no human ever born has that. The same thing I believe is inside that we have a unique blueprint inside of us that at a very young age usually gets stifled. It usually gets pushed down. It usually gets told, hey, you know, don't just go to school and get a job and bide your time and watch Netflix and sit on your couch and just do as you're told, right? Get up at eight, go to work, you know, go to lunch when they tell you, come home, you know, go to happy hour with your friends, you know, drink all weekend so that you can hate Mondays and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like it's, it's horrible, but it's conditioning and it's how we are conditioned until we go, wait, 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 hold on a second. (laughs) I get to choose this. I get to write this story. I get to be the architect of my future. And the moment that we, if we can help people understand that, and give them little pieces so that they can build their confidence, right? Little tiny habits, not the big ones, right? Not, not some crazy, you know, Elon Musk style world, right? Like I get it. I love it. I'm proud of them. But again, if you break it all the way down, it's the little tiny steps to get there. Right. And that's, those are the things that we want to discuss and we want to help people with, right? But I want it to be you being the best version of you, not your mom's version, not your dad's version, not your sixth grade teacher's version, not the whoever's version. I want it to be yours. Can we create that? Can we start to dig into ourselves and truly create that kind of life for individuals? Because I believe it's possible. Man, I love that so much. I wanted this episode to be really special and I really wanted it to help people and you're the perfect person to invite. And for the very first time, I want to do a dedication on this episode. I want to dedicate this episode to anybody out there, any listeners who heard that bio and thought, man, that's cool. That's really good for him. I could never do that. I could never achieve all that. You know, maybe they, maybe they failed a diet program in the past or a workout program. Maybe they had a business that they opened and then had to close. Maybe they, you know, wanted to start a mindfulness practice and just can't get it off the ground. 
if, if you can relate to that as a listener, this episode is for you. And I want you to understand that, that there are failures and learning and growth for all of us to get to a certain area. And it's not out of reach. It's not out of touch. And I hope that's a really empowering message. And again, you're the perfect person to invite on to help in, inspire and empower anybody who feels stuck. Um, I really would love to talk about your childhood and growing up and, and getting interested in sports and some of the failures and lessons you learned along the way there. <laughs> yeah. So, so w- with your dedication, do not let us leave here today. We'll go to my childhood and we'll talk a little bit about that right now, but mark this on your notes for the, for the listeners that we have to talk about belief. Okay. For what you just said. Okay. And we'll go, we'll go deeper into that. Uh, stick around peeps. We'll go deeper into okay. that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, uh, I grew up in, my mom was 16 when I was born. That was, and I was born in 1971, just so you're, that was not cool then. There weren't MTV shows to be a pregnant mom at 16, right? It wasn't like you weren't going to get, you know, the cover of People Magazine. Like it was the exact opposite. And I have a very big, strong Italian Catholic family. And so you can imagine how that sat on there, unmarried, right? Um, you can just wow. imagine what that was like. So, you know, they she went through some really, trying times for herself to, to, to have to make a decision of what, what am I going to do? Right. And luckily the amazing, uh, my grandparents were amazing then and Papa both God rest both their souls today. But in those days, man, they, they, Nana stood up and said, Hey, well, let's, we got this, like, you know, let's do it. So, um, they, she did end up marrying my birth father who was, is an alcoholic, uh, drug addict, um, you know, he was abusive mentally and physically. So she got us out of there. I had a little brother. She had, they had a second child together, my little brother. Um, and, and so she got us out of there very early. Thank God. I mean, again, uh, strong women. I love it. Um, she was strong enough to stand up. She was mom and dad most of the time in my life. And so, you know, her taking a stand, for us to say, yeah, this isn't, this isn't okay. And this isn't how my kids are going to grow up was, was a huge, was a huge step. And again, it was hard because now you're, you know, she financially, I mean, you can imagine we struggled and, and uh, you know, we had to, we had to fight tooth and nail and, you know, we, we, uh, we survived it, but we, that's what we were doing. We were surviving and, wow. you know, but I will say my, my grandparents were wonderful. My mom is raised. My mom has only sisters. So I grew up with all women and it's something today. And then, you know, God bless me with only daughters. So it, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing to say, but man, I have such this affinity for strong, you know, powerful women and at the same time empowering them myself is because that's what I want. I want those girls to always understand that they're strong enough that they could be anything they want. So that was my childhood really was just, you know, bouncing around. We lived with my grandparents for a while. We lived in and out, all those kind of things. But the one thing that was a constant and my mom will tell you is that, man, I was always grabbing a bat or a ball and I was running around and breaking things and throwing balls through windows. (laughs) And, you know, she still says, I think my first word was baseball. So, um, you know, luckily mine, mine was basketball. That's so funny. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> so, um, 
you know, and, and that's all I ever wanted to do, honestly. And when you're young, think about it this way, when you're young, even now, if those of you that are listening, you have a kid that's five, six, seven, eight years old, and they go, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, I want to be a baseball player. I want to be basketball player, whatever. Everybody thinks it's really cute. Right. And then when you're like 16, 17, <laughs> and you're like, what are you going to do? And you're like, I'm going to be a baseball player. And they're like, oh yeah, it's not so cute anymore. You might need to you know, get a job. <laughs> yeah. You might want to, you know, grab a book, you know? So, um, and I can say this throughout my entire life is that there were many, many, many people who didn't believe that I would make it. I just wasn't one of them. <laughs> it didn't matter what they thought. It didn't matter what they wanted. It, did, it didn't matter to me. Like I want people to think about it this way. And, and maybe this will help is that, you know, even as a kid, you, you want validation, right? You want people to like you, you want acceptance. You, you, it's part of, you know, Maslow, the hierarchy of needs, right? We need the security and then we need love and we need all these things. But I can honestly say to you that it was never for me about getting somebody's validation or somebody, you know, like I didn't really care whether they, they believed in me or they didn't believe in me. It just, it just didn't matter. And I, and I say this a lot now is that I think because most of it was, I knew that it was just their opinion, right? We want validation and acceptance. We want that person to love us or we want that person like, okay, you know, if I, if I become really good at baseball, then, then my dad will be a better guy. Right. And there was probably senses of that, but I knew early on, like that was never going to happen, you know? And I also want people to know this and, and, and I, is that I wasn't the best kid. I wasn't, I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the biggest. You guys know this, all of you listening, you remember that kid that was 10 or 12 years old. That was a grown man, right? A beard could hit the ball out of the park with nothing. I wasn't that kid. Let's be clear. I didn't make all-star teams. I didn't get chosen high when people would be picking teams. That wasn't me. You wanted me on your team because you knew I was going to be there. I was going to play hard and I was going to, you know, and, and I was going to play baseball well. Right. But I wasn't this ultra talented kid. I wasn't, I was super small, man. I was a little guy. And I'll tell you, cause I think it's helpful for the listener to, to get, we all have paradigm shifting moments in our lives. And a lot of times we miss them, but I want to share I want to share one that's that's really important for me, and I think it'll help people. When I tell you that I didn't make all star teams, and that you know um, that I wasn't the best kid, right? And so, get all the way fast forward now to uh, my 13 year old year, right? And my dad's or my <laughs> my best friend's dad was our coach. Like, and I'm talking about friends. Like, I went on vacation with him. We had sleepovers all the time. Him at my house, me and his. You know what I mean? Like, he was. Uh, a pseudo dad for me, right? You know, he he would pick me up when I didn't have a ride, things like that. Okay. And and we won the championship that year. Our team was the champion. And here's the deal: the championship team, the coach of the championship team gets the all-star team. He's the coach of the all-star team. He gets to pick the last two kids. So the, all the other coaches get together and they pick the all-star team, but that coach, cause he's forming out the team and he's going to coach them. He gets to pick the last two kids. And here we are going to closing ceremonies. And in my mind, I'm like, yes, this is my year, right? Like, hell yeah. We won the championship. He's like a dad to me, right? Like he's, he's for sure picking me 
for You're sure. In. This in. is my year, man. Like, let's go. Right. And we get there and I'm so excited, man. I had, you know, I've, I've already, you know, we all do this. I've already played the narrative in my head, man. I can already hear the name being called and, you know, being excited. Like it's already played out. Well, the names get called and those 15 names get called and mine is not one of them. And I was crushed. 13 years old. Those of you got like that little boy was crushed. And after that, there's a pizza party, right? Cause it's the end of the year and the whole team gets together. We won the championship. We got our trophies and you know, the whole team goes over and I, I walked over to him in the pizza parlor and he was standing over by himself watching, uh, actually watching a game. And I tugged on his shirt and he looked down at me and he said, yes, son. And I said, how come, how come you didn't pick me? How come I didn't make all-stars? I'm going to tell you this Casey, And I want everyone to know, don't, don't go is I can tell you to this day what he was wearing, what I was wearing. I can tell you the smells. I can tell you the sounds. I can tell you every single thing. I can, see, I can still see the wrinkles on his face staring at me right eye to eye. And he looked me dead in the eye. And he said, because you weren't good enough. Now, again, all the parents out there, I know what that sounds like. And yes, I was like, <gasps> right? Take your breath away moment of your life. And I'm looking at him and I'm trying not to cry. And he puts his arm around me. Right. And, and, and he's watching the game and as everybody stayed, things start to settle, I just kind of moseyed away, went over into the corner cause I couldn't hold it in. I started crying. I was, I was devastated. I ran to the front, asked the lady to call my mom. Right. In those days, no cell phones in those days. So she's got to reach the cord over and hand it to me and dial the number for me. And my mom, I'm like, mom, can you, you got to come pick me up. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, please come pick me up. Please, 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 please. She's like, you're supposed to stay the night. It's a sleep. I said, please, mom, just come, please. I please. She's like, fine. I'm on my way. So I hand her the back of the phone. I don't even go back inside where everybody is. I literally go out the front door and I sit on the curb, wait for my mom. And my mom pulls up, I jump in the car. And at that moment, like, the floodgates just went like every emotion that you could possibly have. Right. And I'm like, so, <gasps> the sobbing, breathing, right. Where they can't even take a breath. And my mom's she's like going crazy. She's like, what in the hell is going on? What is wrong with you? Like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And so I get my side. So I tell her and like any parent, those of you that are, she's like, wait, what? He said, what to Mike? Oh, that's the son of a, you know, and she's pulling into the thing. And I'm like screaming, please, 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 please don't go. Please don't go. Mama bear. Don't, right. <laughs> she going to, she going to, she going to protect that cub. She's going in there to swing in. Right. I'm like, please, mom, please. I'm embarrassed. Please. Can we just go? I just want to go. I just want to go. And here's, here's the point is this. My mom said something to me in that moment. And I don't know if she knew what she was doing. To tell you the truth, I've told this story before and she doesn't even remember it. It was not that life-changing in hers. It was a paradigm-shifting moment in my life. And I said, please, mom, don't go inside there. Please, I'm begging you. And she said, fine. And it got really quiet in the car. And she looked at me and she said, you don't want me to go inside? I said, no, mom, please don't. And she said, then what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Right? You can sit here. She didn't say it, but I can sit there and cry. I can sit there and say, well, me, but I don't know that she knew what she was doing in that moment. I don't. But that question 
I still ask myself today, every time shit gets hard, every time moments are not going my way, I literally say, okay, (laughs) not going our way. All right. We're getting our ass kicked. What are you going to do about it? You're going to sit down. You're going to lay here in bed. You're going to pull the covers up and hope it didn't happen. What are you going to do? And so in that moment, just like now, when I say it to myself, this complete calm went over my body. My entire emotional state changed instantly because she made me think, what are you going to do? And all of a sudden I could breathe. All of a sudden I was, and I looked at, I said, mom, can we go to big five? So those listening, if you're all over the world, just imagine it's the huge um, sporting goods store back in those days in Southern California, right? You can see Dick's or, or some of those big ones that are today, just to give you guys some context. And so we, she's like, looks at me, okay. She looks at me. She's like, what the hell is that big five? Like, like, like any mom, right. She's like, let's just, you want to go get some ice cream? Let's go you get a toy. Like what, you know, like any young boy, you know, or kid would want, right. Like, let's just mask it with some distraction. We'll get you some gummy bears or whatever. Right. And so she's like, all right, fine. It's not very far. So we pull in and we go inside. And just like I could tell you what he was wearing and all that, I can tell you the same thing. I can tell you exactly. Walk over to the baseball. I drag her over to the baseball section. And as we're walking down the aisle, all the, all the, the, all of them are white with the, with the prices on them. And there's one yellow one. And I look up and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I want that mom. And I'll tell you, it was a yellow sign said on sale, said 1999, $19.99. And she's like, what in the hell is that? And I'm like, it's a batting tee bomb. It's a batting team. She's like, and I know you look any parent out there. If I said right now, your kid is like going to stop crying, going to not be upset. And you just pull this thing off and hand it to them. And they're like, happy as can be. You're like, all right, <laughs> done deal. Right? Like fixed. Okay. So she grabs the tea. We get it. We go home. And that day I went outside and I pulled that thing apart and I built it. And I promised myself from that day forward, I'm going to hit a hundred balls off that thing every single day because I am going to be good enough. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know, but I know this, I'm going to put in, I'm going to hit these balls every single day. I used to go out and I would go out there in the rain. I would, I would use tennis balls because they would, they would, uh, they would soak up the water better. Right. Then the, the, so I could save my sure. baseballs, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and it became something, I mean, before church, it didn't matter. Like whatever we were doing, I was, I was going out there and I was, I was hitting those balls. And, but I want people to understand is this one is when your things are tough, definitely ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? Number, but, but the other thing that I want people to realize is there's a couple of really important points that came about from that. Cause the next year I didn't make all-stars either. And the next year I barely made the high school team, barely did not play much, got more, you know, I was like the water boy more than I was, you know, playing in the field. Um, by the time I got to my sophomore and junior year, I was a little bit better starting to play more. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I led the team in hitting. I was, an, I was, the, I was the MVP of the team. I was the first, all, I was a, the first league player was the only kid on that team to get a scholarship to go play baseball. And I made the all Valley all-star team. First time I ever made a true all-star team. Wow. And it was the biggest one that's in this. This is like all the schools, right? This is thousands of kids, right? And they have a East and a West. And, and I got chosen for that team. You get your thing in the paper, a big profile, like all those kind of things. But like I said, 
from 13 to 18, most of those years, nothing changed that much. The only thing that was stayed constant is I was out there hitting balls and throwing balls off that wall every single day. You couldn't get me out of there. They'd be like, oh my God, you're out there again. Oh, the neighbors would be pissed because I had to actually build a way for, for it not to hit the wall anymore because they started complaining because I started to get better and the ball started hitting <laughs> harder, right? Um, and so, you know, you hear it all the time, but it's a very true statement is that we, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in the next five or 10 years. And that's the difference is that I didn't go out there expecting tomorrow that I was going to hit home runs. Just went out there and kept doing it. And I fell in love with the process. I fell in love. I still, to this day, I, I love that. I still have that tea today. When we, when I would move, I would keep it with me. You know, it's, it's a symbol. It's a symbol to me today of, of what we can do, what I am capable of if I'm willing to put in the work. And the other thing, the other lesson that I want people to hear in that story is this. Think back to what I said. I had a narrative in my head that I was going to get chosen because he liked me, because he was my pseudo dad, right? You never heard me say, I never even did. He didn't even have in the narrative that I deserved it, that I had worked hard, that I prepared, that this was my... I didn't have those, those words. The words were basically, I was expecting him to give it to me because he likes me because somehow, some way, way our team won the championship. And now that, that somehow made it, I mean, I want people to understand that's not how it works. That's not how life works. Life is not. And a lot of us fall into that because then I become the victim, right? It's, oh, he didn't pick me. Oh, he doesn't like, oh, it's, it's their fault that I didn't make it. No, you want to know the truth? The truth is there are whatever, 12 or 15 teams in this league. There's 120 or 50 kids and 15 make the all-star team. And if we can all take responsibility for ourselves for a second, and I can look at it and I can look at it objectively, guess what? Those 15 kids, he's right. They were better than me. So even if I'm the 16th best kid, I'm not good enough for that team today. But here's the thing. He didn't say I would never be good enough. Today at 13 with 150 kids in this league, we got the 15 best kids. That's what you have to understand. We all have to understand that. that you might not be good enough today. Doesn't mean you won't be good enough ever. What are you willing to do? And what are you going to do about it? And when we look at it from that, again, now objectively, I don't, I didn't have those thoughts at that age. I just knew I never wanted somebody to tell me that again. <laughs> so I was just going to go out and get better because I wanted no one to ever say you're not good enough. I just, so I'm just going to go get better and see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know which door is going to open. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't. But what I can tell you is without fail, when I have consistency to an action over time, the result is inevitable. We have to, the time is the variable that people miss. They want it tomorrow. They want to jump down right now, right? And, and, you're, and, and do 100 sit-ups and they ate, you know, they ate egg whites and avocados one day and they want to go rip up their shirt and hope there's a six pack there. That's not how it works. That, not how anything in life works. 
Right. No success is that way, right? It takes consistency to an action over time. It's a math problem. <laughs> it is. But the time is the variable. Are you willing to give it the time? And again, that became my life. It became who, that, that's what I wanted. And I loved it. It got me a scholarship. It got me to college. It got me to tour the world playing baseball. There's some amazing things. I met some of my best friends, some of, the, some of my business partners today come from my baseball world, right? That does nothing to do with baseball but it opened other doors. So again, what action can you get consistent to that even if there's not that being the result? See, the result wasn't a Hall of Famer. <laughs> the result wasn't a pension for Major League Baseball where I'm sitting back, you know? It wasn't. That's not what happened. But I will tell you this, the lessons along the way taught me and opened up other doors that I never, I never even thought of. And that's the steps that we get to take. So don't, if, if you learn anything through this is that it doesn't matter where you are right now. None of it doesn't, but do whatever you're doing the best that it can possibly be done. doesn't matter if you're, you know, I had this kid that I was coaching and, uh, and he, he was in real estate. Cause I have a real estate company and real estate business. And I was coaching this kid, 24 years old, got kicked out of the house the moment he turned 18, like he had really tough time, but he was, he was fighting, man. He was a fighter, good kid, you know, good heart. And he comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I probably, you're probably not going to want to coach me anymore. And I said, well, okay, <laughs> why would, why would that be? Are you getting out of real estate? And he said, no, 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 I'm still going to do real estate, but you know, I'm struggling financially and I got to take a job. And I said, okay. Are you getting out of real estate? He said, no. I said, well, then what are you talking about? I said, well, because now I'm going to have to be part-time and I'll have to give my time somewhere else. I said, time is, time is relative, my friend. And I want people to understand this. And so I said, I will keep coaching you, but on one condition and one condition only. When you go, he got a job at Staples. He said, when you go to Staples, right? Because he's like, I got I to gotta get a paycheck. I said, okay. But if you go there just to get a paycheck, I'm not coaching you anymore. You're right, we're done. But if you'll go there, and whatever they ask you to do, you do it the best that it can possibly be done. You do it with a damn smile on your fucking face. You go, yeah, man, give me that mop. You want me to sweep the floor? Be the best damn sweeper they've ever seen in their life. You invent ways to sweep the floor. You invent ways for it to get cleaner and better. They ask you to stack freaking computers at two in the morning in the back for the next big sale today. You're like, boom, you're there at 150, 10 minutes early, ready to stack and inventing ways to stack it. Because here's why. How you are here is how you are everywhere. If you go there and you half-ass it, you just show up when they ask you to just, to just to get a paycheck, there's no way in hell you're going to make it in a commission business. No way. Because you don't know how. You don't know. How. Not that you don't know the business. It's that you don't know how to work. You don't know how to give the effort that it takes to have what you truly want. But we can learn that. Those of you listening, you're in that dead-end job or you're in something that you hate. Who cares? Teach yourself how to be great because that stacks, that translates, right? There's so much more to that than anything else. Those are the lessons through that I learned is saying, oh man, doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what they want me to do. Just do it as well as I can possibly do it. Take pride in what you're doing because that pride, that kind of thing translates 
into every other aspect of your life. Wow, dude, I'm just like full on chills. <laughs> it's, it's so true. And one of my favorite Dale Carnegie quotes, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote memorized, but it's, it says something like, the very best thing you can do to prepare for the future is do everything you can today to the best of your ability. And I love that you made it, made it, you know, whatever task it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're washing the dishes or whether you're playing in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. If you give it that full attention and do the best you can, stack that on top of each other, like you said, over time, that's growth. That's the yet mentality. Right. That's growth mindset. That's and, and then you look back and you learn the magic maybe wasn't in the performance. The magic was in the practice. The magic was in the 78th ball on a rainy day that you didn't want to hit another goddamn soap tennis ball, but you did. And, and that's the money. That's where the goodness happens. And so many people, you know, train for the marathon, they train for the bodybuilding contest, they get on stage, they go to the finish line and they're let down because they realize it wasn't that they were focused on the outcome without focusing on the process. And that's one of my, I know you're into stoicism as well. That's one of my favorite stoic practices is to look at the things that I can't control and the things I can't control. And when you start to look at all the things you can control, which maybe isn't a lot, but you give it that full time and attention, you can't be disappointed. You're going to succeed every time. Uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, he, I love that. Right. And I can say that as well. Like, and I think that that's a big, uh, that's a big miss in, in, in any endeavor is that we think that's where the that's where the happiness or fulfillment lies in in an achievement it never lies there right you finish that race or you hit that home run or whatever it is and it don't get me wrong it feels good for a moment and then guess what you're going to lay in that bed and you're going to shut your eyes and you're going to wake up tomorrow and i got to do it all over again and you're like oh shit <laughs> like but just like you said it's it's that moment though where i realize where you can realize that it's the goal is not the uh, the goal is not what we want it's who we become in the process if people can realize that it's not the achievement it's who you become just like that kid. And I, I, I'm happy to report <laughs> that not only did he smash it there, like two weeks in, they wanted to make him a manager. And he's like, now what do I do? Right? <laughs> like now they want me. They're like, cause and now all the little guys that were, you know, sneaking out on their five minute break, smoking weed, you know, by the trash can are all pissed off. Cause they're like, Whoa, we didn't realize it could get done like this. Right. Cause like, you're screwing up the curve here, son. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but I told them, you just keep going, you, you know, let the, be honest with them. Say, what does that look like? What, you know, what is, what is this? Is it, what do you want from me? And maybe you can offer the services without having to take a title, right? Because it's not somewhere where you want to end up. And today, man, he's got his own personal business flourishing. He's actually got an, uh, an ancillary business on top of his real estate business, and he's just killing it. He's going to be, he's probably, he's going to be one of the 30 under 30 um, and one of the top, top publications for real estate. Like it's, it's amazing to see. And it all comes back to just what you said, right? Is, is understanding that the goal is not the goal. It's, it's, it's what you learn and who you become in the process. 
Man, I love that. I I know you can't answer this for other people. You can't really answer it for him, but it's something I'm sure you noticed where you're coming up in baseball and probably competing with a lot of people that had a lot more natural talent that maybe didn't have to work quite as hard as you did. Or sure. again, again, this guy that you're talking about, like he had to go through a process of learning how to work hard to get what he wanted in life. Did it, could you tell that it, it tasted better once he got it, once you were there, was it more meaningful to you than to other people who maybe didn't have to work as hard? You know, I don't, I, you're right. I can't answer that. Cause I don't, I can't speak for them and what it tastes like for them. Uh, I can tell you that what I can tell you is that there are many, many, many way more talented kids and then, you know, men that I played with and against that didn't get as far. And it wasn't because of talent and because it was simply because of work ethic. And the one thing I'll say to that is, you know, most people give up before talent is, is the limiting factor. You see, at the younger ages and as we're growing in anything that you do, right? I mean, what, let's just choose, right? You're a basketball guy, right? Like, were you ever going to be as tall, as fast, as whatever, as, you know, Kobe, right? The answer is no. But, Damn you, dad. Damn you. <laughs> but the th- here's the thing that, you're, that we have to understand is that even with all, even with those talents per se that we're given, right, is he still missed more shots than he made, right? You the, the the story when he missed the when he airballs when they they put the ball in his hand for the first time with the in the playoffs and he airballs it, and they get back to the locker room and they, you know they do all the stuff and everybody's leading and he's putting on his practice gear and they're like what are you doing, right? we don't have a meaningful game or even a meaningful practice for months. And he went that night and he shot, you know, he shot a thousand balls from that spot. And then again, and then again, and it it still wasn't the great, I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but my point though is, is that, that, that his talent had reached its peak. His talent was there. All those guys were as talented, (laughs) all of them. Now it became who was going to work harder. Who was going to put in the work when nobody's watching? Who's willing to go to those depths? Who is it? Because those are the ones that keep rising. And I know that's in sport and it's all those things, but every human has that ability. That's not special. You getting your ass out of bed every day and and, and putting in the work, you getting up when you say you're going to get up, you preparing food when you say you're going to prepare food, you showing up to work early, you putting in, that's not special. You see the difference. <laughs> the difference is we're, we're conditioned to just get by. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what they want you to do. <laughs> you know, they want you to do. That's That's what they want. They want you to just skate by, live paycheck to paycheck. Again, they want you to say, I hate Mondays. They want you to high five your buddy for, you know, uh, you know, hump day Wednesday. 
They want you to leave early for work. So they've, they're, they're cutting back happy hour starts now at three instead of five, right? Because that's what they want you to do. That's where they need you because they know you're not creating the world. You're not changing. And then you wake up, right? The Monday hangover, here we go again. Man, that's conditioning. That's not how life is meant to be lived, man, right? We talk, you hear people say this all the time, right? Is that, you know, well, you only die once. No, no, you die once. You live every damn day. Every day you get to pick it up. And guess what? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There are days where I screw it up, right? There are days where, you know, it's a birthday party and I'm going to go have some beers with my buddy and celebrate him. And I'm going to eat some of the cake, right? And, you know, it's going to happen, right? But I'm going to tell you this, the, 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 the trick, ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the life hack, which I hate that shit. There is no such thing. <laughs> life hack is get your ass up. That's the life hack. Like, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want it? You want it? You want it? Is this. Just know this. Even if you screw it up today, you ate something bad or you didn't get up on time or whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is that set you off to go, man, here I go again, right? You're one good, you're one day, you're one moment, you're one good workout away from being back on track. You're one good meal from being back on track. You're one good, damn it, I got out of bed when I said I would, I'll back on track. It doesn't take a million of them. It takes one. And we want the end result. We want the end result, right? I want this end result, whatever it is. But guess what? I had to take that first step first. So just remember, you're like, oh, shit, I screwed it up. That's okay. That's okay. And let me tell you this. Don't wait for Monday. I, people are like, oh, I'm going to start going to the gym. I like it. Yeah, it's a good idea, man. I'm, I'm going to go on Monday. I'm like, bro, it's Tuesday. Like, <laughs> What's wrong with tomorrow? What's wrong with Thursday? What's wrong with Friday? What's wrong with Saturday? What's wrong with Sunday? What the hell I got to wait for Monday for? Right? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Or, they, or my favorite is next month, dude, next month. And I'm like, bro, it's the eighth. Like we got, <laughs> like it's the 22nd, right? It's like, dude, what? No, no. Change happens. Change is happening. Whether you like it or not. Right. Change, change is inevitable. It's happening right now before your eyes, your skin, your hair, your, everything about you is changing right now, right as we speak. So remember, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Your choice. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I totally love that. That's phenomenal. I think I think also with change, it it can sometimes happen all at once and and you know, really shake things to the core and, and you're right, like you always have the opportunity to choose something better. And we experience resistance whenever we try to up level our life, mm. whenever, whenever we try to get better, there's always a resistance we have to push through. And I, I just want to ask you in the context of, of knowing that resistance, I, I want to know the why behind optimal self, because optimal self did not need to be created for, for anything in your life. I assume your real estate company is very successful, probably financially you were taken mm. care of. Why did you decide to start optimal self? Mm. Thank you for that question, by the way. I love it. Um, very rarely get asked that. 
And thank you for that. Let me just say it to you this way is I'm 50 years old now, and I've been very fortunate, again, through persistence, through grit, through perseverance, to meet people, to talk to people, to have coaches, to have mentors, to sit in rooms and listen. And I take a lot of notes and I implemented a lot of things. And same thing, I was coaching a kid, different kid, um, a few years ago, and he was he was in it. He was in a bind. Called me. He's like, "Hey, I know our coaching call isn't till Thursday. It's like Monday." He said, "I do you have a minute? I know your your schedule is super booked." And and you know, I said, "Listen, here's what's happening. Uh, I'm going to be leaving one office. I'm driving to the other office. It's a 22 minute commute." When I get in the car, I will call you. I can't do a Zoom or anything like that. If you need, you know, if you need me to look over a contract or something like that, he's like, no, 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 no. I just have, you know, it's it's more personal. I said, sure. So we get on and we went through. And so I get to the next and we we were about, I'm about halfway there. And we're having this same kind of conversation that you and I are having now. We're talking, you know, I'm going through and and we were discussing, we were discussing how do I how do I get back on track? I'm, I'm off track, right? I've, I've made some poor choices, right? My, my, uh, my fiance isn't happy with me. This, you know, there's a lot of these things that are happening, right? Like, and so we, we went through it and we talked about the, the similar thing that we talked about earlier about, about it has to do with your effort. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as average people, only average effort. Everybody has the ability it's just a matter of if, if, if you're willing to put it in. So there's no average people, just average effort. So we finished that conversation and I was pulling up and he said, oh man, he's like, I wish we had this on Zoom. He goes, Jeremy, this needs to be out there. He's like, you need to have, you know, a podcast, a YouTube channel. Like this is like, and I was like, what do you mean? It was like, did you not, do you mean what part of that didn't you understand that you should be taking notes? Right. Cause I'm thinking he's talking about himself. He wants to re- talk about it again. And I'm like, you know, you got, and he's like, no, 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 not for me. He said, there's somebody out there that's just like me that could be anywhere in the world that deserves and probably needs to hear this. And I'm the only one who got to hear this today. And that's a shame. And it hit me. And I was like, right? Like he slugged me in the gut. I was like, wow, that's very true. One-on-one is not enough. And there are people that poured into me in times of need. There were people that poured in me in, in when I was at my lowest of lows. Right. And I refuse to go to my grave with that information inside of me. So I had to build something where I could pour that information out of me and that people could hear it. People could get it. We could put together courses. We could get together plans. And so my mission became to help and inspire people to change behavior through belief and action so they can be the best versions of themselves. Not the best version of me, not the best version of them, not the best version of their mom, right? The best version of themselves. But I said it, right? You have to change behavior, which you can throw in habits. You can throw in whatever word you want there. There's there's a few words that that could be transposed. 
but it's only through belief and action that you will get there. And so optimal self was born. I started writing it. I started getting my notes that are crazy. I have journals all over the place. So I started getting them together, trying to put my thoughts together, right? So that it made sense so that there was an order and there were some principles and there were some, some absolutes that, that have changed my life. And so that's how it all became. And they just said, man, I can't, I cannot go to my grave with this inside of me. It had, you know, like, my job, and I'll say it to you, Casey, this way is that I tell people, <clears throat> imagine right now, if you're listening, just close your eyes for a second and imagine that there's a, a body of water, whatever, a lake, an ocean, whatever, and it's just perfect glass. It's just not a, just perfect. And then you pick up this little tiny pebble and you drop it in there. When that thing hits, you can watch it go forever, Right the ripple effect. My job now is to, is when I drop that, that that ripple effect starts, that somebody is going to listen to this, whether it's here today on on your radio show, or it's through optimal self, or they come into our program or they get into our private Facebook group and then they get to drop theirs and it gets to keep going because somebody poured into me. I, I want people to understand this. I didn't write this shit. I didn't invent it. None of it. I can just tell you what I've learned from other people, from experiences, and I want to share it and I want to give it to people so that they can implement it. So hopefully they can change their life and they can leave better habits. We call it in optimal self. We call it generational habits, right? We talk a lot. I've for my, for probably most of my adult life, I have been building generational wealth. I want my girls and I want their kids, kids, kids to be able to leave say, Oh, that's the Great, great grandpa Jeremy left us that building, right? Like those are things that I used, you know, that I want, but but I want I want more today than anything is because here's the thing: what I've learned is generational wealth by the third, second, and third generation, most of the time is gone. It's completely gone. But here's why: is because the person who built the wealth is gone. He only passed, or she only passes on the wealth. They don't pass on the habits that it took to get the wealth. So I want to be able to sit back and help people create habits that are everlasting, that can change their life. And it doesn't, it's not about making money, right? But it is about the fact of what that can do for you, right? Joe Polish has a great, I don't know if you've ever seen him, if anyone you've ever have a chance and he's, you want to get in a room with him do it. He's amazing. I'll never forget it, man. It was one of the first seminars I ever went to and he was speaking and he said, have you ever heard people say um, money's the root of all evil or money can't buy happiness? And you know, everybody's looking around. They're like, yeah, yeah, I heard that shit. I've heard that. Right. And he goes, anybody who says that has not given away enough. And I was like, whoa, man. what a different perspective that is. Right. What a different perspective. And I was like, I get it. It's not about the money. It's about what you can do with it, right? Don't go buy, don't go make a hundred million and go buy a Bentley, right? Go build a school or build, you know, dig wells or, or find ways to, to help your maybe, you know, retire your mom or your dad or your, you know, somebody who's meant a lot to you, right? There's a lot of different things that you can do. And, you know, again, being your optimal self. And I want, want to give people the the avenue to do it, whatever that is to them, 
whatever yours is, we'll support it. Let's get after it, man. Man, I love that. That's so good. I I personally had to really reconcile that in my own personal self. It was always an or. Like you either had a lot of money or you were a good person. And, and it took a long time to realize that there's an and in there. And money is very helpful and can be used as a tool in the right hands. I, I love that mindset. I'm going to remember that quote and definitely steal it from both of you. <laughs> it's, your, it's yours, buddy. It's not mine. I stole it from awesome. Joe. So I always try to give him the credit for sure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's great. Oh uh, man, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about belief. We talked about this earlier. Uh, what what does the power of belief mean to you? Okay. So, like I said with the mission statement, right, is 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 to help and inspire people to change behavior through belief and action. And I'll give it to you this way since I'm sure you since you're a, a fitness guy and we you you build a plan for somebody, right? Let's talk about belief for a second. What I, and what I say it is this, somebody comes to us and says, Hey, you know, I need to lose 50 pounds or, you know, I need to train because I want to do this, that, the other thing you, we can sit down and create the plan. People come to me all the time. Like, Hey, I want to make a million bucks. I'm like, okay, let's sit down. Like, you know, let's take your business. Let's look at your sales. Right. I can, I can help you figure this out. We can map a plan. Right. And I always say, now I, now I have this coin here. It's called belief. There's two sides to this coin. Side number one, right? Here's the plan, right? Let's take fitness, for instance. You know, we have the meal plan now. Those are all things. Your food allergies are good. This is good. All right, we've checked it out. You can move well, right? We looked at all your, you know, all your impingements and things. So we have a plan now that for movement. So you're going to have this. So here's the plan. Do you believe this plan? Again, let's go to belief. Do you believe this plan will work? Do you believe this plan will get you where you want to go? Almost without fail, 99.99999% say, yes, I believe in that plan. Yes. Hell yeah, Jeremy. If I eat like that and I train that and I see you three times a week and I do this, yeah, hell yeah, we're going to get there. And they're even motivated. They're like, whoa, yeah, let's do this. That plan is going to work. So hold on now, because there's another side of this coin called belief. Now, do you believe that you are worthy and capable and deserving of that goal? Do you believe you're worthy of it? Do you believe you're deserving of it? Do you believe you're capable of executing that plan? You see, because our limiting belief is never in the plan. Ladies and gentlemen, most of the diets and things like that are out there, most of those work. Almost all of the fitness plans and apps that you see, if you follow it, they work. The problem is that we haven't reconciled with ourselves if we are deserving of those results, if we are worthy of it, if we are capable of the execution. That's the belief. And, and again, it's okay to say, oh my gosh, no, I, I don't feel like it, right? You get somebody that says they want to make a million bucks and you show them how to make it. It's not the plan. The plan works. Ladies and gentlemen, the plan works. It's because they don't believe they're worthy of that million dollar business. They don't believe they're the ones that, could, that, that deserve it. So again, it's not that it's not possible. It's that we have to get to the root right? We got to get away from 
Western medicine, Western society that we want to treat symptoms, right? We treat, you know what you're treating? They're selling you the plan. That's the symptom. They got everything. Turn, turn on your Instagram right now. There's somebody selling you something, right? Because they're selling you the symptom. They're selling you. They're like, Hey, you have this problem. Guess what? I got it right here, right here, right here. But it's the symptom. What I'm talking about is we get to the cause. Because again, I have those limiting beliefs. I've had them many, many times. I have to fight them. I have to, and you know how I fight them is when I don't believe I'm worthy of that. When I see the sales come in and when I see all this going on and you know, you, you so graciously said, you know, over a hundred five-star reviews and all these people and you're getting all these calls, right? There's a moment that goes, hmm. Am I worthy of that? Am I? And then you know how you fix it is you get up the next day and you prove it to yourself because you have to prove it every day that I'm worthy of it. I'm going to get up and do it again. I'm going to be the best version of me. What does that guy look like? Let's do him again. Okay, let's do him again. And let's do him again. Let's string a few days together and some weeks together. Let's string it. And then a month and then a few months and then a quarter. Holy shit. Then a year. And you're like, wow, this transformation is unbelievable. But all it is, is that first day, right? What we talked about in the beginning, it's that first moment that gets me there. Because once that happens, and here's what I want people to get with that, with that is this, is that I say the word confidence because a lot of people will tell you, oh, he's just not confident. You know, they're not confident, right? But here, confidence is only earned. There is no other way to get it. You have to earn it. Self-confidence, you have to prove to self. So when I say I'm going to do something, I got to get my ass up and do it. Because every time you don't, that's a vote to say, no, you're not good enough. Not even what your mom told you, your dad told you, or that third grade teacher that told you you weren't going to amount to shit, whatever. We all have it. We all have baggage. But it's not that baggage that's holding you back right now. It's the internal narrative of me not standing up for me, not fighting for that. But you know, and what that means is you set that alarm and it goes off and you go, er, snooze. Yep, vote of confidence. Guess what? You're not good enough. You're telling yourself. It's not the third grade teacher that told you you're not gonna mount the shit. It's not that, you know, my birth father who was a jackass and you know, whatever. It's not. It's not because I can prove them all wrong. But when that fucking alarm goes off, I get my ass up and I go do what I said I was going to do. Sorry, I, I don't know if it's PG here, but I got to get up and say, I got to get up and prove it to myself, not to anybody else, not to anybody else. And when you start doing that and you start stringing some of those days together, man, the world is at your feet. I'll say it to you this way. One of the quotes in Optimal Self, as we say, is this. The moment that you are, that you take responsibility for everything in your life, everything, where you live, your bank account, your job, whatever, your spouse, you take responsibility for everything, every grade you ever got, every team you didn't get on, every, every single thing you take responsibility for. The moment you'll do that, you unlock you unlock your power to have anything you want. 
So just again, the moment you take responsibility for everything in your life, you unlock your own human power to have anything in your life because now you're in control. You're literally ripping back the control of, oh shit, I get to be the architect of my future. I get to be the author of the story. I'm writing that shit. Nobody else. Nobody else. I'm writing this next chapter and I'm glad the case, I'm glad that you're part of it. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have listened to your podcast all day in preparation for this interview and then done this interview because now I'm like so inspired. I want to go for like find a grizzly bear to go wrestle or something. <laughs> this is so good. So good. There have been so many great gems of wisdom that you've left us. Um, and Jeremy, if you just had to choose one thing that you'd want the listener to walk away from this conversation with, uh, what would that be? Yeah, uh, I, I would. It's the same thing uh, that that I would tell my younger self is you have to you have to be the architect of your self worth. Nobody can give you that. Nobody. Not your mom, not your dad, no, but not your teacher, not your mentors. And I've had some great ones. Nobody can give you that. They can, they can, they can help you along the way, but nobody can give you your self-worth, only you. So go create it and go be it. Love it. Jeremy Herriger, what an amazing conversation this has been. Super empowering and inspiring. Where would you like people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Uh, optimalself.today all of our social all the social handles are there and um, yeah any you can DM me on any of them optimalself uh, you know you can find me you can find me anywhere man so but if I they head over to optimalself.today that'd be great um, there's a free there's a free identity creator course in there for them and uh, we'd love to have them part of the community and help them in any way we can man that's awesome Jeremy, thank you so much for everything that you've done and the lessons that you've learned, the success and the failure, the, 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 the belief, the growth, all of it is just so empowering and inspiring. And I go back to the dedication we made. I, I really hope that somebody is out there that hears this and is more empowered to take that step, to start with today, to use what they have, to work with the resources they have to, to get to you know, enjoy the process. And you were such a great example of that. And we're so grateful for you and grateful for your time to appear on our show today. So thank you very, very much. No, man, it's the other way. Thank you. Because without you, this, this doesn't take place. So I appreciate you very much. And uh, I look forward to your, your, your show just blowing up, man, and more people getting, getting more help. So thanks you. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. It's been an honor for sure. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio.